Welcome back to another week, another conversation, and episode of Diary of the Ball Baddie with your host, the ball baddie that's not so bald anymore, Wakila Peace. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a couple of announcements. First one is a shout out to my lovely aunt, whose birthday just passed this Friday. Happy birthday, auntie. I love you and I miss you and I cannot wait to see you, even though you do not text me back on your birthday. That's okay, because I will forever love you. Last week during my opening announcements, I mentioned that the start of October was the kickoff to Breast Cancer Awareness Month. This past Thursday, after sitting with ABC's Good Morning America, reports came out that Matthew Knowles, father of Beyonce Solage Knowles, was diagnosed with breast cancer in July. Breast cancer kills about 460 men a year. Five most common cancers amongst American men are prostate, lung, colorectal, bladder, and melanoma. According to evidence provided by EverydayHealth.com and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Men, I want to start off by apologizing because last week I was promoting the whole breast cancer awareness thing and I kind of like push you guys to the side. And I just want to let you guys know that your lives matter just as much as the women. I need you guys to like, you know, put your masculine facades aside, your stubborn habits. Because I know from experience that men don't like going to the doctor for whatever reason. You guys just don't like going to the doctor. But I want to let you guys know this. And I hope that I can, you know, maybe help open someone's eyes this evening. Men, you are not only living for yourselves, but you're living for your loved ones that are around you. Whether if it's your kids, your grandkids, your wives, your sisters, your brothers, uncles, aunts, father, mother, whomever. You're not just living for yourself. So you kind of have to, no, it's not kind of, you have to put those selfish mindsets of yours aside and think, wow, I'm really not just living for myself. I'm living for those around me. And your loved ones that are around you want to see you guys healthy. So please take this message and think about getting those checkups because it's imperative that you do. And again, I want to apologize for not acknowledging you guys last week. I'm so sorry for that. But this week, I'm letting you guys know you need to get your checkups. Okay? All right. Let's get on with the program. So tonight's discussion, as I mentioned in last week's episode, is about expanding the black dollar. Now, I know that my listeners are all smart and intellectual, but also know that you guys want me to elaborate on the expanding the dollar subject. Expanding the black dollar, what does it mean to me? Expanding the black dollar is creating a black business. Expanding the black dollar starts from teaching financial literacy. Expanding the black dollar is creating generational wealth. Now, I know I kind of like misplaced those and didn't put them in chronological order. So I'm going to put in chronological order. First is financial literacy. Parents, parents, please teach your young ones the value of a dollar. Please. It is imperative that you teach your kids the value of a dollar. Maybe about 
a couple of days ago, I want to say it was maybe Tuesday, I came across an image on Instagram of Ray Shermer, and he spent $80,000 on a customized microphone. That bothered me because he could have done so much more with that $80,000, but he decided to customize a microphone. I can't speak on other um, ethnicities or other communities, but I can speak on African-American communities, and I've witnessed how us African-Americans get our hands on a nice chunk of money, and we invest in the wrong things. With that $80,000, he could have, you know, bought into a found, not even bought into, created a foundation, or started his own business or something like he could have done anything my whole point is he could have done anything else but that that's what irritated me I'm like okay dude you have $80,000 you're spending on customizing a microphone really it's just I I, it's so like befuddling like you you really spent your money on that of all things really that's why financial literacy in african-american communities is so important. It's so important. Then, once you climb up from the financial literacy, you can create your black business that will turn into generational wealth. Now, um, as you all know, majority of my listeners know, and I also mentioned it last episode, that I have a couple of businesses of my own. When I decided to create these businesses... I didn't go in thinking about the right now. And what I mean by that is I wasn't thinking, okay, I'm building these businesses for survival. I, for one, wanted to start my own businesses to create generational wealth. And I know for someone that's 21, some people may think that it's a little far-fetched, but to me, I think it's actually great to think about the future. And with these businesses... I speak to my mom about this a lot. With these businesses, I pray that they grow and continue to grow. And once I have my own kids or once I have my children, shall I say, I want them to be able to take on that responsibility of being business owners. Now, they're going to work hard. They're going to work hard to maintain this family or generational wealth of a black business that I created at the age of 21. And then once they take over, I want them to teach their kids what it means to own a business. Teach them the value of a dollar. Teach them financial literacy. All that I embedded into my kids, I pray. I I can only pray that they do the same with their children. And I would hope and I wish that a lot of my young African-American men and women, not even just the young ones, the ones that are 25, 30, I wish that everyone had that mindset because if they did, I feel as though a lot of black owned businesses will still be around or would be created if everyone had that mindset. And I feel like a lot of us in the African-American communities often get caught up in the right now. Like, okay, I got to pay this bill. Nobody thinks, well, when I get this uh big chunk of money I'm gonna invest in something sad to say a lot of African-Americans tend to have to put that big chunk of money into bills or something like that and I really wish it wasn't that way I feel like we're 
cut short of access to resources to create businesses that will create generational wealth. Unlike the white people, they have unlimited access to resources to start businesses and their businesses go through generations, generations. It's, it's just crazy how we kind of hand the shorter end of the stick. But it wasn't always like that, folks. It wasn't always like that. I'm not sure how familiar my listeners are with the Black Wall Street that was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the Greenwood District. I always get tongue twisted when I say Oklahoma for whatever reason. I don't know, guys. But yeah, um, the Black Wall Street was back in 1921. And it's kind of, I don't want to assume that it's self-explanatory, but the Black Wall Street was basically a community full of Black-owned businesses created ground up by Black business owners. When I tell you could have a pharmacy Black-owned, you had a Black-owned newspaper business headquarters, you had the hotels, anything you could think of that could be a business was in the Greenwood District, and it was Black-owned. Sad to say, it came to an end when a young African-American male, the shoe shiner that went by name Dick Rowland, I believe it is, Dick Rowland, yes, sorry guys. Um, A story came out that he sexually assaulted a 17-year-old Caucasian female that went by name Sarah Page. And of course, the white supremacists hopped on and ran with the story, they came into the district, they wanted to riot, and as a result, all of the businesses burnt down. Some of them never recovered. A lot of the owners and residents of that district were killed. And basically, the Black Wall Street never recovered. Now, that's a prime example of how when we, as African Americans, gain power, how the outsiders just, they like, no. We got to find some way to destroy this empire that they built. But when I hear or read stories, well, it's only one story like this, which is the Black Wall Street. When I read this story about the Black Wall Street, it kind of put me into this mindset of why can't we rebuild this? We don't have that many resources as African-Americans now, but I'm pretty sure we have more resources now than they did in 1921. So what's stopping us? And at this point, we can't say, well, it's the white people. No, it's us. Instead of us working together as a team, collaborating and making great business deals with one another or creating great businesses with one another, we're working against each other. We're each other's enemy. We have to one-up each other. And it doesn't have to be that way at all. I promise you, if two powerhouses that were African-American came together to create a business, and then spread that amongst other African-Americans in other African-American communities, we could make something great out of that. But it can't just be me, the 21-year-old, speaking on it and nobody else is, you know, jumping on board with it because then nothing's going to come out of it. I just wish more African-Americans would think that way because I'm pretty sure we, if we really put our minds to it, We could have another Black Wall Street. We could have another Greenwood District. It's not impossible. It it really isn't. It's not impossible at all. And I feel as though my generation 
like even going to an HBCU, I see so many great things coming out of the students that attend HBCUs. And I just attended a um, girl boss panel and I was on stage with some amazing, amazing business owners. Not only were they African-American, but they were women. They were the same age as me. And I was just sitting there and I was just looking on stage like, this is beautiful. Now imagine if all of us could come together and just make a business or multiple businesses, shall I say. We will be unstoppable, but we all have to be on the same page. We all have to be on the same page. And sometimes, I'm actually going to open up this topic as well. When we want to support one another, it doesn't always, you know, go as planned. Like, I could easily say expanding a black dollar means supporting one another. I love supporting black-owned businesses, but there's pros and cons with that as well. The pros is, yes, you're supporting your black-owned businesses, but the cons with that is, for example, I want to say small black-owned businesses. I feel as though the mistake that a lot of small black-owned businesses go is, like, they pick and choose who they want to give the 100% satisfaction to. Like, they don't, they don't go all the way for every single customer. And I can say this because I've experienced it myself. If you want to give one customer 100% satisfaction, you need to give all of them 100% satisfaction. Don't say, okay, well, because you're famous on IG, I'm going to go all out for you. But because you're just somebody, just somebody, I'll get to you later. No, you need to treat all of your customers with the same respect. You need to show professionalism when you're serving your customers. Because just like you built this business, it can be shut down in a heartbeat. You need your customers to keep your business afloat. You know? So it's like a 50-50 when I speak on supporting black businesses. Because everybody don't know how to, you know, run a, a, a business. And I've seen that in my community. It's like, okay, well, I, I wanted to support you, but you're doing this right now. And now I'm going to have to give you a bad rep because you, you your customer service was trash. Like, you know, I, I love supporting my people, but, you know, you got to show that you, you, you know, value me as your customer. That's the way you keep me. But yeah, guys, that's my little spill on expanding a black dollar. Starts with teaching financial literacy, create your business, and let it grow and turn into generational wealth. And I pray that's what my businesses do for me because I want my kids and my grandkids to be well off. And they're going to work hard, though. I don't, I don't want anything to be misconstrued. They're going to work hard. So it ain't going to be no businesses just handed down to them. They're going to work hard to keep my businesses afloat. Absolutely. Especially because I'm working hard now as a college student to get my businesses to start. No. I'm going to make sure my kids know what it is, how it's going to be ran, and what's not going to be accepted. You got you to gotta, you gotta start them young, folks. You got to start them young. But yeah, guys, thanks again for tuning in to another week with the ball baddie that's not so bald anymore. This week, I don't have some, I don't have any announcements closing announcements this week but what I will say is I would appreciate if you guys give me some feedback I didn't get that much feedback last week 
But I would love for you guys to give me some feedback on my episodes. Because when you guys give me feedback, and I mean, I don't want just good feedback. If you feel like I'm lacking somewhere, let me know. So I can improve and be a better host to my audience, okay? And also, with that, I'm working on trying to get, like, live interactions with you guys. Like, starting a live video as I'm doing my um, podcast so you guys can add your comments here and there, interact with one another, or whatever it may be. Because I have gotten a lot of requests on being able to interact while I'm recording. So I'm also working on that for you guys, because I would love to have that one-on-one interaction with you guys while recording the podcast. But uh, yeah, that's it for this week, guys. Again, thank you so much. It is greatly appreciated that you guys return every week to listen to my podcast and hear me talk and ramble on and on and on because I don't have nobody to talk to but y'all so I it is greatly appreciated thanks again guys be blessed have a blessed rest of the Sunday have a blessed week say your prayers and if there's not one thing that you do just spread positivity please spread positivity make somebody's day you know just smile at them say good morning compliment them because see when you spread positivity that shows that you feel good about yourself and you feel good. You just feel good all around. So spread that positivity. Spread love. All right, guys. Until next time, this is your girl, the ball baddie, as some of my friends call me, Key. <laughs> I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.